Welcome to the Michelob Ultra Golf Show with Jeff Kopak on 740 The Fan and 107.3 FM. That's better than most. How about him? That is better than most. Better than most! The Golf Show is presented to you by Michelob Ultra. Also brought to you in part by Fargo Park District Public Golf Courses, Barnesville Grocery, Moorhead Parks, Forest Hills Golf Course, and Wildflower Golf. Here it comes. Oh, my goodness. seen anything like that now let's head to the first tee this guy's pretty good and here's your host jeff kolpak and this is the golf show this is jeff kolpak on 740 the fan 107.3 fm and 740 the fan.com is the web address gunderson jeweler studio of course brings you the show each and every saturday morning at 10 a.m on the fifth largest a.m signal in the country we should also get maybe Tom's snow removal the way uh, as a sponsor, the way this spring has been going. But hang in there, people. We will find better weather. And later in the show, we're going to have Daryl Richardson. He's a meteorologist. And Daryl's going to explain to us exactly what's going on here in the upper Midwest and when you could maybe expect to, to hit the clubs on, on the outdoor areas. Let's call it like it is with Tom Hoagie last weekend. It, has, it was so much fun covering Tom and all the lead-up that went into it. Uh, had a good Masters, made the cut. I thought maybe that would have been a good goal for him in his first time around Augusta. Rounds of 73, 74, 75, 73, uh, plus 7. Came close to finishing his final round in under par. Just missed it in the last couple of holes. Uh, had a couple uh, missed opportunities there. But we're not done with Tom because we're going to go back in time where Tom's um, got his got – his I thought maybe where he really made the most strides – as a golf player, and that was in college at TCU. So pleased to be welcomed by his head coach with the Horned Frogs, Bill Monigal. Bill is in his 35th season with the program and kind enough to take a few minutes out uh, this morning. Good morning, Bill. How are you? I'm doing great, Jeff. I appreciate you having me on. Absolutely. I appreciate you taking uh, taking your time. I know it's busy this, this time of the year for you. Describe Tom's play in the Masters. I don't know if you had a chance to see much of it, because I know you're coaching, obviously. But what were your overall thoughts? Well, first of all, um, I thought it was awesome that uh, he got to play in it. And if you kind of look at some of the guys that have done well in the Masters, it usually takes them three or four times to mm-hmm. play. And this was Tom's first opportunity and um, I really truly believe, you know, when he gets more opportunities, he'll have a better feel for everything out there. But I thought he did great. I mean, gosh, making the cut. And um, like you said, he had a chance that last day to, uh, you know, shoot under par. Let's start from the beginning on, on the recruitment of Tom. I know you've um, and we'll discuss this later on the show on, on recruiting northern players. But how did you come across Tom and, and what were your initial thoughts when he came on campus? Well, really, it kind of started with a guy that played before Tom got here. There was a guy in Fargo by the name of Andy Doden. And um, Andy Doden had uh, mentioned him to me uh, several times. And um, one year, uh, I had gone up to the U.S. Amateur, which I've done almost every year. And all of a sudden, I was looking at the uh, pairings, and there was a late addition. Somebody had uh, withdrawn or something. Well, anyway, Tom got an invitation. And um, so he was on the other course that I was on. So I went over there and started uh, watching him. And uh, he was actually playing with a guy named Kevin Tway, uh, hmm. Bob Tway, who's on the, you know, played on the tour, was out there. And 
I was incredibly impressed. It didn't take long to figure out that uh, he was going to be a you know a really good fit for us. When you look at players in the recruitment, Bill, can you sense right away just the way they hit, the way it sounds, that this is a guy I want? Or do you want to look at them more, see their demeanor? How do you know when you really want some guy? Well, you know, it's kind of a crapshoot anyway, to be honest with you. But uh, I like guys that, you know, are out there and don't show a whole lot of emotion, that things don't bother you. And, you know, Tom had that from the very beginning. Even when you watch him now when he plays in professional tournaments or at the Masters, he can, he can make a bogey. He just puts his club back in the bag. He, you know, he doesn't get rattled. Um, one, one of the things, obviously, that Tom had, he, he was always an incredible ball striker. You know, I guess every coach likes that. But the, the, more, I, the more I do it, I actually like guys that got good short game, and, and he had that. So, you know, he had a combination of everything. What do you think about when you see a guy who comes on campus and how do you gauge his improvement? Because Tom obviously made some strides. He became all of, an All-American player. Never won a state high school title, although it wasn't from a lack of talent, certainly. It's just the way things shook out. But had a high finish in the NCAA tournament. What happened at TCU that really you know, boosted his game? I think what helped him the most is even when Tom was there, we had an incredible golf schedule. So every time we went to a tournament, we were competing against the best schools. We were playing against the schools like Arizona State or Texas or um, Oklahoma State. And so we got an opportunity to play against really good players. And at the time, at home, on our team, we had really good players. So we got to play against them every day. And I think more so than anything, I think that's what really helped him. You described to me when I talked to you before the Masters in a previous story I did for the Forum newspaper that he was one of the toughest players you ever coached in college. What do you mean, Bill, as tough? What's a tough player? Well, the best way I could describe it is if you see a basketball player late in the game, some guys are tough because they can hit every time they go to the free throw line, they make it. Other guys have a very difficult time doing it. And I think Tom was one of those guys that when it was coming down the stretch, there was four or five holes to go, he just didn't he, he didn't get rattled. He just was able to hang in there and hang in there. He could make some key putts. He could play under pressure. And I, I can go on. My statement is he's the toughest guy that I've had in the entire time I was at TCU. He, he just was absolutely – he had it. He, he just was so tough. Have you had more talented players that didn't make it on the PGA Tour? Oh, absolutely. Um, there's a lot of things that, that hold them back from playing the PGA Tour – um, one sometimes it's their attitude. You know, they just get so rattled. Um, they they don't have a lot of confidence in themselves. They don't really believe they can do it. Tom, from the beginning, always believed that he is he was as good as anybody. Didn't always do it, but he was as good as anybody. And you know, that's, that's carried over to his professional golf. Bill Monocle is a head coach at TCU, the head men's golf coach. This is Jeff Kopak. This is 740 The Fan, 107.3 FM, coming to you from Gunnarsson Jewelers Studios. Bill has been around the game a little bit, and you hey, you had J.J. Henry, too, who, who made who made the show, and I'm sure you've had other players who have given minors tours and, and, and all that. When you see these players um, as freshmen, okay, and then they come out as seniors, what's the difference usually when, when you go when you, you know from a freshman to a senior player? Well, I think for the years that they're at TCU, that slowly but surely their short game improves. You know, they, we spend a lot of time working on, you know, just basic chip shots and wedge shots and 
So that improves a lot. I think their demeanor on the golf course improves as they keep going to the, the tournaments we go to. They, they develop more and more confidence. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think if, like one time Tom told me, he goes, you know, Coach, when I was at TCU, I thought we played too much. But he said, I realized after I got on the tour, that's all we ever do. <laughs> and I think that helped me that we were always qualifying or that we were always going to tournaments and we were always playing. Mm-hmm. He said there wasn't a lot of time in college to, to do a lot of practicing. And he said, but there's not a lot of time when I'm on the tour. And he said, I think that ultimately has really helped me. How do you practice during the winter months? Are you able to get out all year round? Do you, do you have to go inside every once in a while? Do the kids take a break once in a while? Yeah, uh, we, we actually give them off right after finals, which is kind of like the middle of uh, December. And most of the guys, you know, they'll go back home. So, like, let's say they get a, go home around December the 15th. Tom would go home till about January the 15th. Mm-hmm. And so he could take a little break there, you know, possibly he hit some nets up there somewhere in Fargo. But that's the time that they kind of take their biggest break. Uh, but for, for us, fortunately, in, in Fort Worth, our weather is really good. Very rarely, like you were talking on that show, how, how cold it was with the weather up there. I mean, it's about 90 down here today. <laughs> oh, come so, on. You know, yeah. we're, we're literally allowed to play pretty yeah. much year-round. There might be a day or two that, that get a little cold and, and bad, but for the most part, they're playing all the time. Awesome. We're going to take a break. Bill Monagal is the guest. He's the head coach at TCU in Fort Worth, Texas. He was Tom Hoagie's coach. Andy Doden's coach, David Schultz's coach, and Brandon Askew actually spent some time there, too. We're going to take a break. We'll be back right after this. Backspin. Yeah, you know what I'm talking about. Get down on the cruise. Welcome back. This is Jeff Kopak. This is the Golf Show. is presented by Michelob Ultra on 740 The Fan every Saturday morning from 10 to 11, podcasted on 740thefan.com. We're joined by Bill Monigle. He's a head coach at TCU. And uh, not that uh, this is your life or anything, but also pleased to be joined by one of his players, Andy Doden. Hello, gentlemen. Oh, Good my morning. gosh. I love it. <laughs> um, Bill, what was Andy like? Let's just start with that. What was he like as a player? Came came to you from Fargo Shanley back in the day. Andy was uh, one of the hardest working guys. The thing I remember about him most, it seems like after every single round we would play, he'd always get the other five guys, four guys, and they would always have these little uh, chipping contests and putting contests. He, he, he just loved to compete. And, uh, I remember him on the team that uh, went to uh, – it was so close. We were at uh, uh conference in Tulsa or somewhere, and we won the conference, and it came down to the very, very end. But Andy was just a really hard worker, and, and the short game was incredible. Andy, what was your experience like under under Coach Bill, and, and what was it like playing for him? Yeah, you know, Coach was uh, one of the steadiest leaders I've had, which has uh, translated into the rest of my life. He always said, be even keel, never get – Never get too high, never get never get too low, and uh, you know on the golf course and in life that's that served me very well. He's unbelievably loyal, uh, competitive, and uh, yeah, just unbelievable uh, man. Uh, taught me a lot of street smarts as well through traveling that has served me throughout my life. So he's he has a lot of impact on on uh, his team than uh, he probably realizes on and off the golf course. Do you get that a lot, uh, Coach? Do you get that a lot? You know, that must be the ultimate compliment is you coached a kid who has taken things into his career. 
Well, you know, the thing that uh, kind of excites me more than anybody, anything, and it's like it seems like around the Christmas time that a lot of these former players send me pictures of their family. And uh, Andy Doden, I don't know if it's him or his wife, sends me pictures of their kids. He's got, he's got the nicest family and the cutest family. And <laughs> I, I just love it when, when I get those kind of cards. That's what it means more well, than anything it, to me. And, it, um, yeah. It's definitely not me. That's that's all my wife. I'll, I'll let her know. <laughs> <laughs> I love it though. What's it like, uh, Bill, when you see these players still wear the TCU on their sleeves? I mean, Tom Hoagie, for God's sakes, he's he's tweeting and 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 social media that he's at Horn Frog football games and, and and basketball games. And I know you have a, a, a there's there must be a loyalty that that you preach down there. You know, I, I don't know. To be honest with you, I think I've been fortunate through the years that we've got an awful lot of great kids and kids that love TCU and had the right attitude when they came in here. Um, so, you know, I don't know if it's something I honestly did, but, you know, I've been very fortunate to, to the players that we've had. Why, why do you like the Northern kids? What is it about them? Well, it, it honestly seems like, and we've had, we've had quite a few of them, but it seems like they've got a, an incredible work ethic because, you know, they kind of realize that when they go maybe home for Christmas for – three weeks or a month they're not going to be able to do a whole lot and um i don't know maybe the coaches up there did a great job with it but i mean they they, their work ethic is it just seems like it's really it's unbelievable andy do you want to take that too yeah i i mean uh we talked last week and i just mentioned you know we a lot of multi-sport athletes that coach recruited um from up north here and i think that nobody gets burnt out and like i said i don't think anybody had reached their full potential tom is obviously a great great example david schultz um, multi-sport athletes that that you know went south had a great coach a great great culture of a golf team played played in the best tournaments across the country and uh, just capitalized on it so yeah I, I think coach is, is spot on we've got a great culture up here uh, Mike Podolak said in the paper I think last week that Fargo golf is in great shape and I mean there's just legacy of player after player coming out of here um, that's been able to uh, kind of have role models to look up to and then capitalize it as they've, they've moved forward. Well, Bill, when I look at these players, I look at Tom and I look at Dave Schultz, who was a multi-sport athlete, and Andy, I see great athletes here that you've taken and with a program and with an all-year-round you know, program, it's got to pay dividends, doesn't it? No, absolutely. And, and Andy hit on something that I didn't say, that I, I love guys that are in high school that play a different sport, whatever it might be. And every once in a while, uh, a high school dad or something will say, yeah, I think we're just going to quit to play concentrate on golf. And I, every time I say the same thing, I tell you what, I think the best thing they can do is play other sports. The way, I mean, I've had guys that have played ice hockey, guys that have played basketball, guys that have played, it doesn't matter. Just play something else. I think, I think that's really the best advice you could give a, a, a parent or a, a kid in high school that's thinking about, you know, just concentrating on one thing. Play, play, play a couple things. You know, it's good for you. And I, I should probably uh, clarify that Andy's dad was was the sports editor that hired me. So maybe I'm a little biased with the Doan family, but <laughs> uh, but uh, you know I've known the family obviously very well over the years. This is Jeff Kopak. This is 7:40 The Fan, 107.3 FM. Joined by Bill Monigle, the head coach at TCU, and of his players. Uh, Andy Doden, who played at Shanley, went on to a great career at TCU. Andy, uh, best memory or two from TCU? What would it be? Yeah, great question. Well, I, I'd say I got to give a shout out to my parents. I don't thank them enough, but I my dad signed me up for the U.S. Uh, amateur junior amateur qualifier when I, after my eighth grade year. I fortunately qualified to, to go out. I was in New Jersey that year, and then after that, 
I was able to get invited to some other national tournaments. And it's one of the reasons why Coach and I met early on and he started to recruit me early on was I had a pretty solid round in a tournament called the Doug Sanders second round, and that's when Coach introduced himself. He was the first media guide he ever gave me. And so it was just a great, as I was kind of reflecting about Coach, great first memory. He actually came up and had dinner around our dinner table before my senior year when I went on a recruiting trip there. We played ping pong together. He walked around Edgewood and, and watched me play in the All-City. Uh, you know, just those small things that matter, not only to myself, but to my family when I was making a decision. So I think high level, that, those are some huge memories uh, that I've been able to look at. Um, and, gosh, as far as college goes, I was very immature <laughs> um, in college, and Coach was very patient with me at the same time. One of the best memories was Scott Mulpitto and I slept in in a practice round um, at, the, at a Dallas tournament, and Coach, he, he always said he doesn't get mad, he gets even. And that's, how he, <laughs> that's how he stuck with me. But we got to play in the tournament. We thought we were in the clear. Then early Monday morning, he called us up and had us run stadium for about an hour, and I, I don't know that I made it through that without getting sick. So <laughs> those are a couple uh, good memories I have of, of Coach. Do you remember that, Coach? Discipline. Do you remember that? I, I actually don't. The, well, the memory I remember of the most, and I think Andy remembers that we stayed at like a residence inn at, at Ohio State for the NCAA tournament. And we, all the parents invited all the players over for like a barbecue dinner. And his dad had uh, his guitar. And uh, oh, yeah. it was like, it was hilarious. But he was singing. And yeah, that was, that was yeah. a memory I remember. And then we, we actually yeah. played pretty good in the tournament also. But yeah, it was pretty fun. I can't believe you had a meal cooked by the great Sue Doden. I mean, that's, that's, that's priceless yeah. right there. I mean, yeah, that was that's awesome. exactly right. Do you get Actually, a, my athletic director at the time was there, and he goes, that, that's, this is what college athletics is all about. You know, after they were singing that song and eating together and all the kids, <laughs> yeah, it was great. Yeah. Do, you, do you get around the country? I mean, recruiting, it must be just a grind when you're going all over the place. How do you handle that? How do you handle coming to Fargo and going to Connecticut and wherever? You, you know, it's, it's something that I really actually have enjoyed from the, from the very beginning. And I try to go to a lot of – I try to go to all kinds of tournaments, but I'll go to the bigger tournaments like the U.S. Junior and the U.S. Amateur. Um, I'll go to high school tournaments. Um, and really what I want, I want guys that really want to come here. I, I don't know, honestly, if I'm a very good recruiter, but I try to find guys that really want to come to TCU. And uh, that, that's why I think we've been fortunate. Sometimes we haven't always got the, the best player, but I think we've got guys that came here for the right reasons and really worked hard and got better. And, uh, you know, we've, we're probably not competitive as Oklahoma State or Arizona State. But, you know, I mean, last year we finished 16th in the NCAA. The time before that we finished 15th. So, you know, we've, we've had some really good teams and some kids that really worked hard and just really gave it their all. Sound familiar, Andy? Well, well yeah. And, I mean, I, I, that's exactly why he's a good recruiter because he says he's not a good recruiter. He outworks everybody. And he, that's exactly why TCU, I believe, Coach, puts you in that position because he was a – a recruiter for a college basketball and he didn't know a lick about golf. Right. Mm-hmm. And he came yeah. in and built an unbelievable program just because of his recruiting and personal skills, being able to connect deeply with people and setting people up for success. He brought in uh, great, great swing coaches, um, great mental game uh, individuals, Dr. David Cook and just sets his team up for great success, but he's an unbelievable recruiter. Don't let him tell you short. Uh, just a few, yeah. yeah, just a few moments left. I know golf coaches are pretty humble. So Andy, I'll give the last word. Uh, what does the TCU and, and playing for coach bill mean to you? Well, I, I tell you, my, I was, I'm in uh, with my daughter. I was telling her that you know, I was going to go talk to coach and he goes, you haven't played. You haven't been in college for 25 years. And that, was, <laughs> that was pretty sobering, but you know, talking about the culture he built, my daughter, we've been to some TCU football games over there. And she's like this fall, I'd love to go back to Texas and, 
see Jeff Marcinowski and Adam Rubinson and, and go see a football game. And, you know, she's, she hasn't been down there for a while. And, and, you know, she still wants to get down there and, and, you know, be part of a very important part of my life and uh, a time when I grew a lot, met deep relationships and was impacted greatly by coach. So, you know, just thanks for having me on today. And it was good, good to talk to you again today, coach. You have, you have no idea how much that means to me. Thank you, gentlemen. This has been special. Appreciate it. Have a great day. Thank you. Yep, thanks. That's Bill Monigle, the head coach at TCU, and one of his players, former Shanley standout, Andy Donan. This is Jeff Kopak. This is the Golf Show. Stay tuned. We're going to talk some weather, and for you-know-what sakes, we need some better weather. We're going to talk about that with Daryl Richardson right after this. Drop them in the sand trap, spray them left and right and long. And we are back. This is Jeff Kopak. This is the Golf Show on 740 The Fan. Thanks again for Bill Monigal, the head coach at TCU, and one of his former players, Andy Doden, for joining us. That was really cool. If you want to hear it, it's always podcasted on 740thefan.com, also podcasts on informed.com. So um, that was really cool stuff. From one cool dudes, couple cool dudes, to another cool dude I've known for many years. Daryl Richardson is the director of the North Dakota Agricultural Network. Formerly used to work with Daryl at WDAY back in the day. And uh, you know what? We need to talk weather because it's been an issue for the whole month. So, so happy to have on Daryl. How's it going, my man? Very, very good. And yeah, we need to improve this weather if anyone's going to go golfing anytime soon. All right, so what in the name of frozen ponds on golf courses right now is happening with us in the weather pattern? What is the deal? Well, you know, here's the sad reality is the air mass that's been over us um, as the storm moves out is about as cold as the atmosphere gets in April. This is an atmosphere profile that you honestly is what's over us in January. It's, really? It is that, that ridiculous. And, you know, if some spot or not has set a record low the last couple of days, mm-hmm. it was, you know, it doesn't really matter. It's about as cold as it gets uh, because, you know, the wind staying out for the clouds, you know, may alter it. But the air mass profile is just ridiculously cold. And then, of course, tomorrow, um, Sunday, there's another disturbance with more snow coming through on Easter. Yeah. Yeah. And so that's going to only probably depress people even more. Is this really rare, somewhat rare? Is it typical? I mean, I, I hear John Wheeler all the time going, yeah, we always get snows in April. But it just, to me, feels, ever since February, I, I, I just swear, since February, I can't turn the uh, wind off. I can't get out of winter. Is this What's on the rare scale here? Well, I think it's been this period of wind. It's really hard to judge wind. Do you take an overall average? If you take an overall average, you would go, wow, we're only like one mile per hour above average over mm-hmm. a three-month period. It doesn't sound very impressive. But the thing is, if you look at it as, well, how many days have had we had a wind gust over 40? Then it becomes much more apparent because, yeah, this time is a little bit different, uh, especially your folks in western North Dakota. But the wind duration most of the time has only been you know, six to 18 hours of phenomenally strong wind, but it's been so common. Mm-hmm. So I can't really find, say, in the last 30 years where we have more decent records that it's been this windy, and it's that wind is why people have noticed it. But I always remind folks, hey, it was not only windy lately or this winter, it was windy last fall. We had wind, a lot of wind even last summer by summer standards, and even last spring. 
you know, this has been going on for nearly a year, mainly because, you know, we're just stuck in the same pattern. We were golfing a year ago, like March 10th or 12th or something like that. And and now yeah, last year we had such a you know, last year's March was not quite as good as 2012. Yeah. But having said that, you know, it's about as good of a March as you could get last year. Is there anywhere else in the country or in North America, anywhere else on Earth where it's such a variation on getting on a golf course after a winter climatic period? I always remind people just that uh, we live in the equivalent of almost Siberia. And, and, you know, we all know the old jokes when the old Soviet Union was in power. You know, they sent everyone they didn't like, you know, or disagreed yeah. with them out into Siberia. Mm-hmm. We kind of live in that climate. You know, North Dakota has a very unique climate. And it's not just North Dakota or Minnesota, but just the surrounding area by like 300 miles. There's no other place on Earth that has a similar climate except Eastern Europe, say, you know, the Ukraine, Western Russia, or into Siberia where you can get up to, say, 100 in the summer and 30, 40 below in the winter. In fact, there's no place outside of a couple of small mountain areas in the entire southern hemisphere that has our climate. So, you know, again, we do truly live in a very unique place. Uh, hey, cool. <laughs> We're unique. <laughs> we got to love it. I have a good spinning of yep. that, yes. And you take what you can get and feel good about yourself. Hey, unique's good. That can be good. Did you see this coming, Daryl? If you were talking to a golf coach in January or a high school baseball coach in January, did you see this kind of a spring coming, and would you have warned them? The thing is, um, a lot of people outside of agriculture don't know this, but I spend my entire winter um, going to dozens of shows. I speak to thousands of people every winter, and the main purpose for me to be there is my long-range forecast Mm -hmm. uh, for the growing summer and the summer. And, um, and then it's all spring planting as well. I use this concept of analogs, which is using years in the past that are very similar. I always remind people, weather does not repeat itself, but it rhymes. And so I look for years that were similar. And my looking at those analogs, I had April, and especially in the, probably the first half of May, you know, being colder than average and wetter than average. Mm-hmm. And I oddly, ranchers out west that desperately needed moisture, I told them, I said, your best hope for moisture, I think, is April or late March in April, because all of my analog years had tended to have this big giant storm in April. Mm-hmm. Um, and granted, it's probably going to be snow for you if it occurs. I told them, if, you know, it's a forecast. But I think, you know, I, I just have this feeling it's going to occur this year, and sadly it did. And so I really wasn't surprised that the April was bad. But if you think about it, Jeff, we have not had a lot of nice April no. in the last no. um, 20 years. Last year, March was great, but last year, April was not. Yeah. Is April, do we overestimate April as being a good month for weather? Yes, because like John <laughs> Wheeler, you mentioned, yeah. we do average snow. It's rare to go through April without snow. Uh, usually it's you know one event where you get three, four, five inches, and that's about our average. And then it usually melts in a couple of days. But, you know, we don't get snowstorms like this every April. But I did remind people that we did have a storm like this in April of 2013, where Bismarck got a foot and a half of snow and there was a blizzard. But that one, unlike this one, Fargo in 2013 had 10 inches of snow Mm -hmm. uh, with the snow. And that one also occurred in the middle of April. But I think really what's going to be the punch in the stomach is what's going to happen on Sunday. It's not going to be a huge event. But to get more snow on Sunday, and it'll probably be a narrow band, and maybe not everyone 
will get influenced um, mm-hmm. tomorrow. But it's just really, Daryl, we just had this, and now this is happening. You know, it's probably going to be kind of a depressing Easter, I'm afraid to say. Daryl Richardson is the director of the North Dakota Agriculture, Agricultural Network. Easy for me to say on the Gunderson Jewelers Studio, 740 The Fan on the dial, 107.3 on your FM dial. Is this getting hard mentally, Daryl? Because I, here's what I think about winter, okay? They're, they're, it's tough enough in January and February, and then we get to March, and it's like sort of a mental, like, oh, deep breath, finally, we're getting over winter. And now this hits us. Do you see? When you talk to all those people, and you talk to a bunch of people across the state, that how are they handling this mentally? Oh, it's it's been tough. Um, you know, I had a couple of talks this past week. I had uh, a few last week, um, too. And you know, last week, you know, people were going, "Daryl, are we really going to get that storm next week?" And I go, "Someone is." You know, if it ends up hitting Fargo hard, Dickinson hard, who's going to get hard? It's still a week out, but yeah. But either way, I told them. Sadly, it's going to turn really cold. You know, so if you get a lot or a little snow, it's going to turn really cold to the planting season. And, yeah, it just takes the air right out of the room. Um, it's really, really tough. And, you know, this has been a long, windy winter and cold. And, you know, the only thing I can say is next weekend on your show, mm-hmm. hopefully we're maybe we're flirting with 70 degrees. We're at hold least on. getting into the 60s. Hold you on. Know? Hold so on. You, are you serious? Yes. But, you know, it's a week away. The forecast changes. But my confidence is reasonably high because, you know, after two, three weeks, you usually, okay, you'll flip around. Mother Nature tends to balance things out. But, you know, we're going to have to dry things out, and it probably will come with wind, sadly, but it'll be a warmer wind. But it looks promising. But, you know, we still have several days of still not very nice weather, the snow potential tomorrow um, before, you know, we get that warm-up coming um, next week. But, you know, it's odd. Our average first 60-degree day, Jeff and Fargo, mm-hmm. is April 3rd, and we haven't even been close to 60 degrees. Our first 70-degree average is about now, April 17th, 18th, and we haven't even been close. So hopefully, you know, give us another six days from now, maybe at least at a minimum we can get that first 60 of the season. Well, long here, overdue. Here, here's what I'll say about next week. The old golf clap, baby. The old golf clap. Yeah, I, I was able this well, now, week. Now I'm going to boo me if it does <laughs> I know. I was able this week. At least I got out to Sweet Shots. I had Mark Johnson on the show earlier a couple weeks ago. And it's sweet. At least you can hit outdoor golf balls. And so I love the fact that this community, and you're a golf nut, uh, the options, at least another option to hit an outdoor golf ball. How cool is that? Oh, uh, incredible. Yes. Um, and of course, it's all, it's on the interstate, so I see it all. The time. <laughs> right. I'm just like I want to be there. I want to be there. Daryl Richardson is a guest. We're going to take a break. When we come back, more with Daryl. This is Jeff Kopak coming to you from the Gunnerson Jewelers Studios here at 107.3 FM, 740 The Fan. Stay with us. Stealing out that trap, it'll curl right back. You've got a slice like a sickle. It's a brass wedding ring, a dependable thing, though I wouldn't give you one. Hey, Larry. What's going on? Beautiful day, huh? Yeah. Good day for golf. What's up? Yeah, you know, I was supposed to play today. Really? And Jeff called me last night and canceled because of your weather report about thunder showers. You made a mistake, so what? Come on. Oh, I said it was going to be thunder showers? Yeah, yeah. 
Oops. <laughs> oh, oh, oh. Yeah, okay. Nice to see you. Good Too to see bad you there. for me. Take care. Too bad for me. I, I, I don't quite get your point. All right, well, the man, I'm going to tell you my point. I've got a sneaking suspicion that you're predicting rain to clear the golf course for yourself. Oh, my God. <laughs> That's ridiculous. Yeah, ridiculous. Come on. Ridiculous. It's, it's the happened weather. before, weatherman. You know it. And you know what? I'm calling the weather people. Are you going to say you report me because it's a nice day? I'm going to report you because every time you want to play golf, Larry, you make sure that it's raining. Larry, first of all, I'm not a weatherman. I'm a meteorologist. I'd appreciate oh, a little bit of respect. Me, Larry. Right, come on, can you guys just calm down? We're in the middle of a game of golf here, all right? Larry? Yes. There's a low pressure system sitting out over the coast. The jet stream brings that into this area. The jet stream. The jet stream is controlled by the rotation of the earth. Ooh. You know who controls that? Yeah. God. Yeah. Yeah. And yes, here he is. He's a meteorologist. He's not a weatherman. Daryl Richardson joins us for our final segment here on 740 The Fan, 107.3 FM. Where did you get your love of golf, Daryl? My brother, um, who's uh, quite a bit older than me, uh, what is he, 13 years older than me, mm -hmm. when he was in college, took a golf class. And so he rented some golf clubs. And like me, he was left-handed. He writes right-handed, kicks, does everything right-handed, but plays golf. And um, he took this class, and there was this little Palace Three golf course about eight miles from where I grew up. And he took me golfing for the first time. And then um, the neighborhood kids came together, and we would all get the older kids to drive us to this golf course. And we played almost every day mm -hmm. on this little um, golf course. Um, it was only about 1,000 yards for nine holes, so it's very short. So when everyone plays with me golf-wise, well, Daryl, you have a really good short game. Well, that's because of that <laughs> yeah. little um, golf course that I was on. And then we just grew um, from from there. And so I really became um, a golfaholic um, in many ways. What's very interesting is I played every day except Tuesdays. And Tuesdays was ladies' days, as they um, called them um, back in the day. So we couldn't play that day. But otherwise, we played nonstop. And then my brother and I, another brother of mine was between the other one, uh, played in uh, lots of golf tournaments together when we were younger um, in competitions and stuff uh, through time. Then, of course, as you get older, you get, you get married and stuff, and you have to cut back. But that's um, how, how it went. You know, sadly, I had, I've had two neck surgeries. Mm. Um, recently, so I really have not hardly played any golf at all in the last three years as I'm healing and trying to get back. So I'm hoping this summer again that I can play a little bit more because um, I've gotten permission again from my surgeon and stuff to start going out and playing again. Well, yeah, it makes two of us. I had a little back procedure over the winter, so I'm just kind of getting back into it now and just got recently cleared to uh, at least start a few chip shots. Boy, are we getting old? Is what's going on? Come on, <laughs> we're, we're both falling apart. We're falling apart. <laughs> Must be all those days grinding it out at WDAY in the form. I'll blame that. Probably. Well, speaking of which, back when Rose Creek Jeff first opened up in the late '90s, is when I moved to Fargo, and the golf course. If you teed off before noon, it was only ten bucks to play eighteen holes. So I was the morning guy, and I, I, they never really gave me a shift. Mm -hmm. But, you know, I probably should have worked from, like, 4 in the morning till 1 in the afternoon. Uh, but um, Scott Miller um, and I, we would, like, leave, just, like, leave work. So we would get to Rose Creek at, like, 11.55. So we would get paid and, buy <laughs> nice. and sneak out of work and, and play golf all afternoon, um, which was just an absolute, um, absolute blast. We used to always call ourselves the Tier 2 Tour 
um, because we, you know, none of us are all that good and go out and play. But yeah, um, mm-hmm. all my old bosses at WJY know. Yeah, we used to sneak out of work and play golf. <laughs> You couldn't get by them, I tell you. (laughs) There's cameras even back then in the parking lot. Here's the million-dollar question, and I won't hold you to it because, as we know, in in weather, it's it's a forecast. It's not not a set-in-stone type of deal. I call it a very educated forecast. I'm really amazed how good you guys are and and men and women who forecast weather. It's truly – it just blows me away how good – and usually on on par and on task that you really are. But – when do you think we're going to be able to play here in the Fargo-Morad area? If next weekend comes about, um, that would mean um, a lot of drying will take place um, next weekend. So then, you know, once we get beyond that point and then that last week of April, I know some driving ranges were temporarily open, but then hopefully we'll get them reopened, which sadly means, you know, maybe not until the weekend of May 1st. But I think then um, mm-hmm. it might not be beautiful, perfect weather, but I think hopefully by then things will dry down enough that we will get out. How about the western side of the state? I got a tweet from one guy who's in Minot and tweeted out a photo of like two feet of snow or something in his driveway. What about those folks? Is it another well, week or two or what? Well, here's the good news. You know, all those very high totals you hear from western North Dakota, I'm not saying that these people measured wrong, but the wind was blowing so incredibly strong. So if you're measuring in your backyard, all the roof, all the snow on your roof is in your backyard, plus what fell. So you kind of forecast, you actually measure double of what fell. And in open areas like golf courses, um, and on, we have about 70 cameras out there, mm-hmm. and a lot of them are out western North Dakota. And you look at those, and you would think it only snowed three, four, five, six inches of snow because all the snow blew into the shelter belts. So there's not as much snow in open areas, like on golf courses or in open fields, as there are people's backyards or in the shelter belts, which means that those areas will actually melt the snow off and dry off much faster than you might think. So, again, all the snow is like in sheltered areas. So, yeah, there's 30 inches in a sheltered area, but you'd be surprised if you leave your small community or even mine, I go out in town that, oh, there's not much, all that much, there's not 30 inches of snow out here. So, yeah, it's going to be slower out there, Jeff, but I think it'll be a little faster than people think. Well, all you listeners in Williston, Dickinson, Minot, Bismarck, I know you're out there. This signal on this station reaches you that you put a smile on your face. It's not as bad as maybe it looks as after this week of a storm. Does this compare to the 1997 big dump? Here in Fargo Moorhead, you talk. I'm talking about the western side of the state, obviously. But is it comparable uh, to 97? In in um, say the Minot area, yes. Um, in Bismarck, 97 would have been worse. Of course, here you know in the Red River Valley, 1997 um, was a whole different um, um, world than this. You know, we got off pretty much scot free. Although um, we did get a good quick dumping up in Grand Forks. Um, from that one. But yeah, out in the West, it would be similar to that. Thing is, everyone forgets this one, Jeff, but in April of of 2013, just nine years ago, there was a storm and a blizzard on the 15th, 16th, and 17th. This one was more on the um, 12th, 13th, and 14th. So a few days earlier, Bismarck had 18 inches of snow and a blizzard on that one just nine years ago, Mm -hmm. a couple of days later than this one. So, you know, it has occurred more recently, and that one's probably a little bit more similar to this one, although that one, 
um, nine years ago, Fargo got 10 inches of snow rather than this one. We hardly got anything at all. But, no, it doesn't live up to 97 um, quite. But, again, out west, it was close. I was in Phoenix in the 1997 blizzard playing golf, and I called back home to my wife, and I go, hey, how are things going? That was kind of the wrong question to ask as I'm sunburned and been playing golf all day. But um, Yeah, we had so much freezing rain with that one in 97, and there were just, um, I think, hundreds and hundreds of power poles that came down. So there were just thousands of people without power, and, you know, people were sandbagging in a blizzard on that one right. um, that, that weekend. You know, so a little bit different animal with this one by far. But, again, you know, if you're out in Minot, you probably couldn't tell the, much of the difference between the two. Yeah, last question. At least I don't think we have to worry about the river level so much, do we? No, well, Fargo South never really got all that much rain. Um, so um, for us, no. Um, so the Red River Valley will see some fluctuations, uh, but not a lot. And then the other rivers out west, the ground out west was already thawed. And so, and it's snow, so it's going to slowly melt, mm-hmm. uh, especially the big piles. And again, the open areas then get um, most of it blew away. And so the big piles will melt even slower. And because the ground's so dry out there, a lot of it will get absorbed. So, yeah, you're going to see some rises. But the way I see things, I just don't think it's going to be, you know, a hugely noticeable thing, say, like was the case in other years. Like 13, for instance, yeah. all that precipitation came and we hadn't flooded yet because mm-hmm. that flood didn't occur until the first of, like around the first of may and it did make a big difference whereas this year the situation is a little bit different daryl it's been a blast thank you hey thanks for having me on i, I told you before the show i've always wanted to be on, on the golf <laughs> show this is awesome for me oh well your standards maybe aren't as high as i think they should be but thank you for coming on <laughs> Appreciate it. Oh, it, okay. it, it, it was a lot of fun. All right. That's Daryl Richardson. He's a director of the North Dakota Agricultural Network. That'll do it for this edition of the Golf Show. This is Jeff Kopak. Thanks again for Bill Monagle, the TCU head coach, and Andy Doden. And, of course, Daryl for rounding out and, and give us a good feel for the weather and what to expect. This is Jeff Kopak. Until next week, hit him straight. Thanks for listening to The Golf Show with Jeff Kopak on 740 The Fan and 107.3 FM. Expect anything different? Presented to you by Michelob Ultra. Also brought to you by Fargo Park District Public Golf Courses, Barnesville Grocery, Moorhead Parks, Forest Hills Golf Course, and Wildflower Golf. Tune in next Saturday from 10 to 11 a.m. for another edition of the Michelob Ultra Golf Show with Jeff Kolpak on The Fan.